Welcome to the Jesus Everyday Podcast. Here you will hear Pastor Ethan Callison journey with people just like you from Fellowship Community Church. Our goal is to engage in God's Word to find Jesus in the Scriptures every day. We desire this podcast not to be a substitute for your Bible reading, but rather a compliment so that you encounter Jesus and live a changed life. Here's your host, Pastor Ethan Callison. Well, welcome to the Jesus Everyday Podcast, where word, thought, verse, and chapter of the scriptures point us to the person of Jesus. My name is Ethan Callis, and I serve as one of the pastors here at Fellowship Community Church. I want to welcome you into the Jesus Everyday Podcast. We are in week 36 of the podcast. Uh, we are almost two-thirds of the way through this year, and if you've been faithful from the beginning, man, congratulations. Let's keep it up. I want to read through the New Testament here in the year of 2023. Uh, I'm proud of you uh, for being here, but if you're just hopping in, just joining us, man, we're so excited for you to encounter the person of Jesus through his word, uh, the the Word is a living Word. It's not a, a book that just has ink on a page, but it's, it's alive, and it comes inside of us to change us and transform us. Uh, and in that, uh, we are here with our second week with Jake Preston from our Salem campus. And before we jump into First Peter chapter 3 here today, uh, and if you don't have the reading plan, uh, you can just scroll down in the show notes, and you'll find that reading plan. We're reading a chapter a day through the New Testament this year. Um, but one of the things I want to make you aware of, we talked a lot about the Institute last week, and the signups are shut off for that. But you can still go on the web, the institute's website, find G, Jake's email, and email him to hey, I want to be a part of it for next year, the next time that you offer that. Um, but another class that we have that's just a one-time class here at FCC is our here. Bible reading class. Uh, if you feel like, hey, this podcast has helped me, but I want uh, someone to walk through, be able to ask some specific questions, maybe get a little bit more insights, or you've never taken this class before, man, I highly, highly recommend you take the classes. We will walk through uh, practicing uh, corporately with others the hear reading method, diving a little deeper, maybe giving some tips and tricks uh, into Bible hermeneutics that um, that you haven't heard before. So once you do that, the link for that is in the show notes below as well. Uh, so. Jake, uh, when we look into First uh, Peter, before we do so, uh, what is something that most people uh, don't know about you? Uh, I would say something that most people don't know about me is that uh, I am a big Bible design nerd. Okay. Uh, I love to collect different Bibles, whether they're single column, double column, all different uh, cover types. I love different translations, so I really love to collect Bibles and make sure that I'm reading from all different types. So where, where do you get these Bibles from? So there's a company called Evangelical Bible. It's actually based out of Richmond. And so they sell hundreds of different Bibles with all kinds of different designs, font sizes. You can find any type of Bible to suit your needs. Is it Evangelical in-store, Bible. in-store? No, it's on, online, online only, just online. Okay. But they're based out of cool. Richmond. If it was like a whole, like a, uh, almost like a, what do they call them? A scriptorium, but yes. it's just like new Bibles that, that you can buy. That would be my dream. That would be my dream to go visit a store of just Bibles. Have you been into, uh, have you been to the Bible Museum up in D.C.? Yes. So yes. like where they have, but it's all the other translations. And that's pretty cool to Very see. Very like, cool. It's really neat. Th- those, yeah. like I just said. Bible Museum is awesome. Awesome trip. Yeah. All right. Well, as we open up here, First Peter chapter 3, what was the verse that the Holy Spirit illuminated that you highlighted and wrote down here? Today? The verse that really stood out to me from First Peter chapter 3 was verse 15, which is a pretty well-known verse. And it says in the ESV, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Okay, can you explain this text as what Peter's writing here? Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's interesting is that Peter is writing to a group of 
Christians who are already suffering. Mm -hmm. Uh, And really the foundation for verse 15 is verses 8 through 14, where Peter is exhorting the believers to, if you look at verse 8, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for to this you are called, uh, that you may obtain a blessing. And what he is encouraging them to do is to maintain their witness in the world so that their way of life, their living amongst each other as the community, mm-hmm. would lead to, verse 15, people asking them for the reason, for the hope that is within them. So he's encouraging them to do good, to seek peace, pursue it, to keep their tongue from evil and lips from deceit. Uh, if you look at verses 10 through 12, that's actually a quotation Uh, from Psalm 34. So he's going all the way back uh, to the Old Testament. So he's encouraging these believers who are already suffering Mm -hmm. to continue to pursue what is good, to not fall back into old habits or uh, fall back into what those that are suffering or those that are persecuting them are doing, but instead to continue to be conformed uh, to the image of Christ. And as a result of that, uh, people would ask them for a reason of why they continue to remain hopeful and why they continue to do good. That's good. Two questions I want to ask you. One, just hermeneutical practice. Uh, when you said verses 10 through 12 is a, a citation from Psalm 39, uh, how did you know that? So actually, if a lot of Bibles have cross-references in them, and so if you look at, um, normally they're kind of in the in the below or they may be down the center column, uh, if you're if you see a quotation like that, actually in one translation that I use quite often, the Christian Standard Bible, one really neat thing they do is every Old Testament quotation in the New Testament they put it in bold, which makes it really stand out. And then if you go into uh, their cross references, you can see that it is cited from uh, Psalm 34. So a lot of times, also you'll see the actual quote marks, uh, which they are around uh, verses 10 uh, through 12 here. And so anytime that's the case. I normally go all the way back to where the passage actually is and read the psalm in its entirety. Mm, that's good. Too. Yep. So if you've ever read reading your Bible, you're like, hey, why is this kind of block quoted out of here? Well, now you know why. That's where it comes from. Uh, something that's simple that we can kind of not know. Or, hey, where, how did you know that's where that comes from? Second question that I have for you is like when you're looking at verse 16 specifically here, uh, or excuse me, verse 15, and it's like you said, mentioned that when somebody comes and asks you a question about following Jesus, and it got me thinking like, what would what causes in me to want to ask somebody a question about something that they're involved in and doing? Is it because like that it's vile and evil and bad, or is it because it's something that maybe I'm longing for? Do you have any thoughts maybe on that of wh- when people what would make a person ask a follower of Jesus about Christ and Christianity? Yeah, I think it's when what you're doing looks different from everybody else and it looks appealing. Like in this case, you know these. Christians, these believers are being persecuted mm. for their faith. And instead of, like Peter talks about, uh, not repaying evil for evil. Yeah. So instead, when they're, when they're suffering, they're trying to inflict pain upon the people that are persecuting them. Instead, they're continuing to seek the good of the people around them. Mm. And I think that is what gives credence to verse 15, that the reason someone's going to ask you for a reason that the, for the hope that is within you is if your life looks unique and looks different from the surrounding culture. Hmm. That's good. It may have already begun moving in that uh, the 
A section of the Hear Reading Method apply? Uh, what are some application points for followers of Jesus here in this text? So one specifically that I think about, and I just have it written here in my notes, is that we can only do real, genuine evangelism when our lives actually stand out as distinct mm. from the world. When we have a controlled tongue that looks different than others around us, when we're seeking the peace of the place where we're living and not uh, resorting to violence, whether hopefully not physical violence, but <laughs> also could be violence with our words, mm -hmm. uh, we're doing what is good when we're suffering uh, without uh, retaliation. You know, Jesus commands us in Matthew 5, if you go back to his Sermon on the Mount, to be salt and light. And I think we have a tendency as Christians in the current cultural environment that we live in to lament that it is going further and further away from Jesus. Mm. But I think oftentimes that then begs the question for us, is it possible that the reason people aren't becoming more Christ-like and are going away from Christ, mm. is it possible that the reason for that or the partial reason for that is that no one really is asking us what our the reason for our hope is because our lives don't look all that different from anyone else. Mm. And so then it's easy just to adapt to the current culture. Um, and so while I think it's right to lament that the culture is going less Christian, I also think it's an opportunity for uh, us to do some inward examination mm. of our own lives and make sure that they're actually reflecting Jesus and that we actually stand out from the rest of the world. Because that's what Peter is talking about uh, specifically in this passage is as the believers are suffering— He's reminding them to continue to do what is good, and that will stand out mm. and will cause people to ask you for the reason, for the hope that's within you. Yeah, as you were saying that, one of the things that I was uh, visual that I saw, like we do movie nights at North Campus in the summertime for our community, and like the, the worst part about it is waiting for the sun to go down for the projector to be bright enough to be seen on the on the screen. But it was like by the time, from the point that you start, it's like you can barely see it on the screen, but it's like we have to start at some point. If not, we'll be there till midnight watching the movie, you know. But then by the time like 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock rolls around, we're like in the heart of the movie. The, it's so dark outside. The light is so bright that everyone can see it. And I just th was thinking about that as you were saying That's that. Like, as yeah. the, the world is going away from Christ, like our light should be getting brighter mm. rather than like more dim or more more marred and blurred up and such. But yeah. like people really should be should be like, yeah. wow, there's a light over there. The Get darkness there. is an opportunity for us to let our light sh actually shine yeah. at this point versus if everything's Christian, that kind of can make it a little more difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's like shining a flashlight in the middle of the day. Like, yeah. No point in that. Um, cool. Well, as you looked into the our, your personal response, uh, what did the Holy Spirit call you in your personal response to this text? Yeah, so in being a financial planner, I deal a lot with tax returns and budgets and money. And one of the things I was really convicted by in reading this passage uh, is money can be an area of my life that doesn't look all that different from someone who's not a believer in Jesus. That if I do an examination of Victoria and I's budget and what we're spending money on, I've been convicted that it doesn't look all that different from someone who isn't a believer in Jesus. And so that's an area that um, I really want to focus more on making sure that the way in which I spend money, what I'm saving money for, the way in which we're giving, um, just doing an audit to make sure that that actually lines up with what I say I believe. That's good. Well, thanks for joining us here today on the Jesus Everyday Podcast. 